welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CJLO, 16:90 a.m. in Montreal. My name is William Power, and with Dominic Demister, we got nine weeks already in the books, heading into Week 10 with the game happening tonight. You may want to skip that one, folks. Not sure how many points are going to be in that game, but it's still football on in just a few hours. And like I said, we already have nine weeks uh, behind us, heading into Week 10. I uh, say it every week, Dom, but it really does seem at this point like you're kind of want to start figuring out teams but at the same time it just seems like every week you get a new curveball in the nfl and this week was definitely no different no different whatsoever william every week we see teams play differently i mean like yeah. there's always somebody that's going to surprise on a weekly basis this week wasn't different let's get it started i can't wait to talk about it all right, well, let's go with a surprise right off the bat, Dom. I was not surprised with who won this game, but I was surprised at the final score. The Battle of the Birds, the Baltimore Ravens absolutely dismantle the Seattle Seahawks 37-3. to So I was telling myself there's going to be, a, you know, from the morning at the Dolphins game, there's going to be a great 1 o'clock game in Seattle-Baltimore, then a great 4 o'clock game in the Cowboys, and a great night game. And I said, I said, all my time's covered. And there was a few good 1 o'clock games, but this was the one I was looking forward to, and... This game was over before it started. Seattle just looked completely out of sorts. Uh, Geno Smith seemed to be scrambling for his life. And, you know, it's crazy because, like, Lamar Jackson statistically didn't even have that great of a game. But they put up 37 points. And let me tell you, Dom, I was very impressed with this Baltimore Ravens defense. And we talk about this offense a lot. Lamar Jackson, the addition, you know, of uh, flowers there uh, in the draft. You know, OBJ, it was his birthday, and he caught his first touchdown of the season. They got a bit of the run game going with Gus Edwards. But this defense is for real. I mean, they were talking about, you know, throughout the course of this game that it almost reminds uh, some people of the old, you know, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis. And, you know, that could be a bit of a stretch. But this Baltimore Ravens defense has played well this season, Dom, and it was absolutely no different in this game. This was a coin toss game for me. I ended up going with Baltimore thinking it'd be very close, and I think that uh, you kind of had the same prediction as I did. Uh, but uh, you know, a very lackluster performance from the Seahawks, to say the least. But this Baltimore de defense is for real. And right now, you know, they're sitting uh, one of the best teams in the AFC, and we talk about who's favored in the AFC. Kansas City did win this past weekend, but it just may be those Baltimore Ravens, Dominic. Baltimore's a strong team, no doubt about it. They exposed the Seattle Seahawks' weakness, which was against the run. We got a new little running back. No one really heard of him. Keaton Mitchell having a monster game in this game. Nine carries, 138 yards. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to the inability of Geno Smith to rise to the occasion when he's behind the eight ball. When Baltimore... We talked about it a few weeks ago. When this team gets 14-0 on you, they will destroy you with blitzes, with great defensive schemes. They seem to throw the kitchen sink at you and the offense of the opponents. They just cannot do anything about it. That's the Baltimore Ravens. It's been like that for a few years right now. And right now, this year, it seems like Lamar's playing the best that he's ever played ever before. You know, 21 for 26 here. No touchdowns throwing the ball. But, you know, Lamar obviously runs as well. 10 carries for 60 yards. This is a very good Baltimore Ravens team. I really thought early in the season this team was going to obviously be where they're at today. But you know what, William? I still think that there's still one crutch with the Baltimore Ravens is that if they do not destroy their opponents, they become one dimensional with Lamar. We'll mm -hmm. see that as the season goes on, whether I'm right or wrong about that. 
but I still, you know, I've always been a big Lamar fan. I'm not going to hide it. I'm a huge Lamar fan. But this year specifically, there came a time one game where I saw that it was just too Lamar focused. Mark Andrews has lost a step. But, you know, they're sitting at 7-2 and two right now. It's hard for me to critique this football team. John Harbaugh has them playing where they should. As for Seattle, you know, Pete Carroll is a great coach, but it comes down to your quarterback. You know, Pete Carroll, you can't do mm-hmm. much when your quarterback's not performing. And at the end of the day, I'm pretty sure the guys probably let up after the second half. You know, when the third quarter came into play, they're putting 13 points on the board already. At that point, it was 30 to nothing. It was game over. So... I'm not going to say Seattle's done at all. They're sitting at five and three. It's just, if Seattle's going to be in these football games, they need to find a way to win from behind. And I don't know if Geno Smith can do that, but I think Pete Carroll is going to have to find a way to keep these games tighter because if they don't, obviously Seattle is going to have a hard time advancing in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, Geno Smith was a great story last year, you know, really was my shock of the season, kind of, you know, what uh, what he came from, uh, you know, his uh, bouncing from team to team there, and you know, not being really stable, for, you know, presence in the NFL. And then last year, you know, kind of took the lead by storm there, was hitting DK Metcalf, was hitting Tyler Lockett, and he really seemed to be in command of this team, and, and they ended up getting eliminated in the playoffs there in, in uh, their first round. Uh, but still a very impressive season nonetheless and you know a surprising one by Geno Smith so they're kind of riding that and kind of reminds me a little bit of the Daniel Jones type and I'm not saying you know I would take Geno Smith over Daniel Jones but just the fact that Daniel Jones had you know a great season last year and they kind of uh, maybe the Giants felt handcuffed and you know re-signing him and they were trying to feed off of the momentum from last year and that's maybe a little bit of what the Seattle Seahawks did uh, you know this season because like you couldn't get rid of Geno Smith after last season you know he hasn't been playing terrible this season like you said they are five and three you don't want to make a big deal this you don't want to make a mountain of out of a molehill but for me it's tough to put Seattle Seahawks right now as one of the top teams in the NFC I can't see this team going to, you know, let's say Philadelphia and getting a victory against Detroit Lions, getting a victory, you know, those top teams in the NFC or even San Francisco. Like, it's tough for me to see them led by Geno Smith getting a victory like that. But, you know, who knows? Like we talked about, the NFL has been very up and down this year, to say the least. Uh, so, yeah, big win there by the Ravens. They improved to 7-2. and two. Let's, uh, let's jump to another game. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday Night Football beating the Tennessee Titans Pittsburgh takes it 20 to 16. You know, I don't know how Pittsburgh's doing it. I really don't. <laughs> uh, every week, I'm kind of like, eek, what's going to happen this week? But hey, they found a way to win. And I have to give props to Deontay Johnson. He really showed up in this football game. And this is kind of like one of those offensive elements that really needed to rise up to the occasion. And he did seven receptions, 90 yards, and one touchdowns on nine targets. The only weird thing that's happening right now in the Pittsburgh locker room is unfortunately we got a disgruntled George Pickens. He tweeted this week that he wanted to be free, you know, free me, free me is what he said on his Twitter. What was that all about? You know, apparently he's not happy. I hopefully hopefully he doesn't come like an Antonio Brown because Pittsburgh has been there with Antonio. We don't want George Pickens to become a drama queen in the locker room. So keep an eye on that. Apparently Mike Mike Tomlin is not obviously going to be uh, focusing on George Pickens whatsoever. He is the all-star of this football team, don't get me wrong, but you know, Pittsburgh has a way to win football games through their defense. So if George Pickens 
starts to be a bit odd. Well, don't be surprised if he gets benched at one point. Not sure if that's going to hinder Pittsburgh because they only put roughly around 20 points on the board. Maybe mm-hmm. Allen Robinson steps into his spot. Keep an eye on that. As for the Tennessee Titans, wow, Will Levi. Talk about a guy that impressed me. I love a football QB who enters the league and is not scared to pass the ball downfield. Will Levi really demonstrated a strong arm in this football game, and he actually will be playing this week as well as a result. You can move on from Will Levi right now. He's showing a lot of positive aspects that you want to see a QB develop. However, they're sitting at three and five. I think this week is a make or break week for the Tennessee Titans. I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but definitely Will Levi is going to have to reproduce that four four touchdown game that he had two weeks ago because otherwise it's good, it's good night for Tennessee. So let's see how that plays out. But congratulations to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They take a hard-fought victory 20-16. to 16. You know, it's funny, you're a big Steelers fan, Dom, and obviously you've been watching them for, for a very long time and you, you know, you don't miss any of their games. And to say, like, you don't know how this team is doing it, I think is super fair to say and funny coming from uh, from a Steelers fan who watches their games because it's pretty incredible. Like, this team is, there's really not much to them in terms of the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, they're kind of, you know, similar ways of getting the victory every weekend. Eventually, you got to think, like, okay, like, they're not going to find a way to pull it out this weekend. They've been doing it week in and week out, and it really is that defense, and it's so impressive to see uh you know in um in an era where where the nfl is so high scoring and you know it's all about getting quarterbacks and receivers and you know tight ends that, that can make plays for you this pittsburgh steelers defense right now is you know imposing their will and you could even say like potentially the best defense in, in you know all the nfl and uh yeah and i think that you look they're sitting at five and three right now and their schedule is not that difficult so we don't be surprised to see this team even battle for the division i don't think they'll end up getting the division but maybe even a wild card spot which would be pretty impressive to me if you look at you know overall how this team is kind of constructed and, and the way they've looked at times this season. But look, ugly win is better than a pretty loss and the Pittsburgh Steelers get it done once again. And yes, great, great news to hear that Ryan Tannehill's bench and Will Levi is going to be starting quarterback. I think this was, you know, long overdue to bench Tannehill. And Will Levi, gunslinger, a guy you said, Dom, is not afraid, has the utmost confidence in himself as he should. And I'm happy he's going to get another opportunity uh, this week as he takes on Tampa Bay. Speaking of Tampa Bay, potentially the game of the week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Houston Texans, the Texans win 39 to 37. This was an absolute incredible game. Kicker Fairbear in this game for the Houston. Houston Texans gets injured. So what do they do? They have to go out there and get their backup running back who used to play soccer when he was growing up. And he ends up kicking a field goal late in this game in the fourth quarter. And they ended up winning the game by two. So in a sense, you could say that was a game-winning play for them. But you look at this game from start to finish, and it was like such an intense game that had everything. It was like three games in one. You thought Tampa Bay had it when the other long bound to Mike Evans. Then Houston came storming back. Then Tampa Bay scored again, and Baker Mayfield made a clutch play. A beautiful dart there to uh, to Auden in the back of the end zone. And then coming back with no timeouts, C.J. Stroud, the rookie, you know, basically only playing a handful of games in the NFL, has a beautiful, the play of the game, in my opinion, a corner route to Tank Dell. He uh, Caught the ball, kept both feet in bounds, and you know was able to uh, to get out of bounds to stop the clock. And the very next play, he hits Dankdale on a post route, and they win this game. And it was just an incredible game. I thought eventually Tampa Bay was gonna you know find a way to win. Not necessarily pull away, but I did think Tampa Bay was gonna win this game. I didn't think we'd see that much poise I was out of C.J. Stroud. Um, it's incredible right now because C.J. Stroud is is kind of like. 
in a, in a zone and he's in, you know, this, this incredible uh, kind of, I guess you can say system that seems to be fitting in that, you know, who would have thought that's possible with the Houston Texans, but his connection with Dalton Schultz and Tank Dell has been incredible this season. And he throws for 470 passing yards, the most ever by a rookie quarterback, five touchdowns, no interceptions, going 30 of 42. This was an incredible game if you love your offense. We just talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers and there ain't no Steelers here. These, the, you know, we had two teams putting up a ton of points and, you know, I don't want to say it too soon, but if you're a Houston Texans fan, you know, you got to kind of feel like the future uh, looks a little bit bright there. You got a good young receiver there, a great young quarterback, and Houston gets the W. And right now they're sitting at four and four, and they're fighting for their playoff lives. Who thought that would have been possible at this point in the season? What a great story. I'm so happy for those Texans benefiting from, you know, CJ Stroud during his rookie year, developing exactly like a prototype franchise quarterback i think you know all the dominoes are actually falling really well for the houston texans i say that because where's the running game in houston you know usually a running game without a running game you struggle but the one thing that houston has is a plethora of wide receivers guys that can are just burners we talked about tank dell they don't even have only tank dell they got nico collins they got john mitchie the third who we haven't even seen have his best game yet so these guys have a lot of depth at wide receiver which gives cj strout a plethora of options when these guys create separation, you know, that's the probably the hardest thing to do is to create separation. It just gives C.J. Strout the ability to find them. And I got to give C.J. Strout, again, a lot of props for that last pass. That so far to me is the pass of the year, that touchdown, the velocity behind the pass. I was a little worried watching his game tape out of college that sometimes, you know, the ball would kind of float in the air. Well, not on that last pass in this game. C.J. Strout, we talked about it a few weeks ago that he already inherited, you know, the position as the franchise quarterback. Well, this cemented it. I'm so happy to see a beautiful pocket quarterback excel in the NFL. There's not a lot of them. C.J. Strout is about to be anointed the next great quarterback. As in my mind, passing five TDs, 470 yeah. yards in your rookie year. That's unheard of. So congratulations to the Houston Texans. You got yourself a beauty in C.J. Stroud. And I think that for, for me, everything that I, I thought I would see in Bryce Young, I'm seeing in C.J. Stroud. You know, Bryce Young was the number one overall pick. And, you know, I talked about it in the offseason that I would have drafted him number one if I was Carolina. Obviously, it's very early, you know, in the career. And it's very early in the season as well, too. But, you know, just the the demeanor and the calming presence of C.J. Stroud is you, you actually believe he's going to go out there and get the dub for his team. At least it's what it felt like in, in the fourth quarter uh, after after he made a, a few uh, a few of the, the nice plays there. And you just kind of felt this belief. And with no timeouts, it is pretty, pretty remarkable there. And to understand the game, you know, you can't throw the ball in the middle of the field. You got to hit the sidelines there. And he just seemed to be in peak performance and, you know, seemed to, to be have that veteran leadership and veteran, you know, IQ, which is not something you see uh, out of a rookie quarterback. Nonetheless, you know, a guy that's uh, been, uh, been just starting a few weeks ago and playing a pretty good defense in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so really impressed there for C.J. Stroud. Great stuff, Houston Texans. So we've been recapping a few games already. Talk about the incredible game between the Texans and those Buccaneers. Let's continue with some recaps, Tom, because we had some other great games. 
Let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs oh, no. versus <laughs> the Miami Dolphins. Kansas City takes it 21 to 14 in Frankfurt. Listen, to me, this was a boring game. It really was. I was expecting fireworks. You know, Casey took an early lead, 21-0. And after that, Miami slowly came back, kind of made it interesting. But I don't know, William. The Miami Dolphins, they have an issue with regards to their offensive line to me. Could be questionable. I thought that, you know, I really thought that um, getting Armstead back was going to help. But, you know, they got another huge injury on the offensive line. I think that those trenches getting a little bit pressure on Tua. Tua didn't look great in this game, but obviously he got a huge injury when Jalen Waddell got, you know, hurt. And, you know, I'm not going to knock Miami. You know, they're dealing with injuries, but everybody's dealing with injuries. So we can't really say anything about that. But what I'm going to say right now is your head coach showing up with gold sunglasses. (laughs) I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know who he thought he was, but I think that he needs to settle down the ego. And he realized, you know, he's like, okay, I'm going to go put my glasses on because I must look like a fool. My team's getting destroyed. Let's just change those glasses up. But, yeah, Kansas City didn't have an amazing game here, in my opinion. They just got it done, right? That's what Kansas City does. Pat Mahomes gets it done. 20 for 30, 185 yards, not sexy, two TDs. Uh, Travis Kelsey not having a big game here whatsoever. They more or less use them as a decoy in this football game more than anything else. That kind of confused Miami a little bit. But I don't know, William. What are your thoughts? Because I thought personally it was a game was was really boring considering you got yourself two offensive juggernauts that could have easily put 35 points on the board. Do you really think that the Jalen Waddell, his injury was so you know detrimental to, to the Miami Dolphins? Was like Jalen Waddell, do you think that the game plan was revolving only around him in this football game? Yeah, honestly, no. And I think that, look, he didn't, he missed some time. Yes, he didn't even miss a significant amount of time, right? He still ended up playing the majority of the game. Yeah, when he was injured, you could tell Miami kind of needed those wide receiver twos to step up. You know, a guy like Cedric Wilson, he had a nice catch there on a post corner. Uh, and Berrios was invisible in this game for some reason. So, no, to answer your question, you know, I, I don't I don't think that it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's valid what you're saying, but a, a Dolphins wouldn't use that as an excuse. And, you know, as a Dolphins fan either, let's say Waddle doesn't get hurt. I still think Miami loses this game there's a few things then yes like it was not the game I was expecting it to be I was really expecting a, like a 33 27 33 30 type game and you know I give a lot of credit there to, to the Dolphins defense and the, and the Chiefs defense as well um they did a heck of a job containing Hill and you know that that touchdown that they got where they stripped Tyreek Hill and then were able to lateral and you know got a touchdown there that was the game winning touchdown that was 21 zip at that point and who thought at that point Kansas City would have not scored another point in the game they didn't score in the second half so that ended up being the play of the game and the game winning play so credit to the Chiefs defense and I think the Dolphins defense also had a really good game they only gave up 14 points they did a really good job taking away Kelsey out of this game they did a good job against the run they got pressure against Mahomes they stripped Mahomes it was sad to see that the defense finally showing up and Miami still still ends up losing this game. I think you said um, it, Tua did not have an impressive game. And, you know, there was two opportunities there in the fourth quarter late. You had third and 10, you had fourth and 10. On third and 10, down by seven, both Wilsons were open and he, he seemed to float the ball in the air in the middle of 
you know, no one, I don't know, like when the ball slipped, what it was. And that fourth down too, everyone's blaming the center. It was, it was not a great snap, but the ball was right into his hands. Come on guys. Like Tua dropped the ball. It's uh, you know, I, I spoke to a few people and, uh, you know, and it, it did look like a bad snap live and, you know, we are frustrated, but you're looking at it in slow motion. The ball hit two in both his hands. And yes, he's not a receiver. He doesn't have the best hands, but you, you got to make that play. I think he took his eyes off the ball and was looking upfield. Cause if you rewatch that play, Waddle was open for a touch on if he ends up throwing it, it seemed to be man covered if they bought the blitz. Uh, but Tua didn't have a good game. And you know, it's, it's crazy to say, Dom, it's crazy to say, but Tua's put up MVP type numbers this season. Uh, He's led his team to six and three, the best offense in the NFL, the best passing, the best running, the MVP favorite right now. But I don't know if key situations, if I could trust two. And I know that sounds ridiculous and maybe it sounds a little bit naive of me and I'm putting a lot of emotion into this last game. But look, the, the defense did their job in this game. Right now, Miami is 0-3 against good teams. You know, the, the best team they've beaten really have been the Chargers. And we all know the Chargers aren't that great this year. I want to see Miami go out there and beat a good team and Tua, unfortunately, in this game, he looked a little bit lost. You know, there were times where he just didn't see the pressure. And Miami's O-line hasn't been great, granted. But you, as a quarterback, you have to be able to feel some type of pressure. And too many times in this game and on the season, Dom, Tua hasn't felt the pressure. If, if I have to throw it back to you, Dom, and ask you, do you think that's me making too much out of this game, um, being a little bit too hard on Tua, or do you think that some of what I'm saying is a little bit valid? <laughs> a little bit is valid, but I think it really comes down to Mike McDaniel not really having a great offensive game plan as soon as Waddle got banged up. Mm -hmm. I mean, you saw a lot of the times, like, you guys called timeout a few times way too, like, out yeah. of nowhere. It's true. Took a, lot, a lot of plays took a lot of time to develop uh, out of the uh, out of the huddle, and which was going to cause delay of games. And Mike McDaniel's looking at his sheet for an hour and a half. <laughs> I don't think he was ready for this football game. I really don't. I think that he was probably a little cocky probably coming in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes they got slapped in the face a couple of weeks ago. They got Now they got slapped in yeah. the face again. So they need to wake up. But, you know, again, they're missing a, a valid piece at the running back position, who I think is going to be an all-star uh, for years to come. And Raheem Moster obviously is another great running back. So yeah, I think at one point Miami had the, the running game going. I think they should have stuck with it. Yeah. Uh, and that could have paid dividend. But they I you said Cedric Wilson had a one good catch, but other than that, he got one catch. He was brutal in a lot of other passes yeah. that were thrown his direction. So they need to find somebody else uh other than Cedric Wilson. You mentioned Barrios, perhaps. You know, I, I'm not a big Barrios fan, but we'll see down the stretch. They need to stay healthy like everybody else. Miami mm -hmm. still could do it, but in this game, they just it was a they laid an egg in Germany. It's that simple. Yeah, they fair enough, Don. They laid an egg, and you know, well said. They're gonna head into the bye week now, sitting at six and three. You talk about staying healthy and injury. Well, the Minnesota Vikings, Dom, haven't been the most healthy team in football, especially at the quarterback position. But they pull off a doozy of a victory. Uh, this is another incredible, like you talk about games that were great this weekend. I think it was games that we didn't predict would be good ones. I was watching NFL Red Zone at this time and Atlanta was up and Josh Dobbs, who I'm not sure if I believe this, but they were saying he didn't even know some of the players' names on the team. But he didn't take a single rep in practice. And, okay, I would believe that. You know, it was Hall uh, making his first start. He gets injured early in the game on a concussion, trying to run it through to the end zone. And Joshua Dobbs continues his Cinderella-like season, almost similar to that of Geno Smith of last year. And he goes out there and gets a victory for this team. I think he's become such a fun player to root for. Never mind Minnesota or Atlanta in this game, Don. Just talking about Joshua Dobbs, he gets traded from Arizona to Minnesota. And Minnesota obviously being a playoff contender right now. 
sitting right in the mix of things, even with Cousins out uh, for the season, this team found a way to win. And, you know, it's it's not against a very impressive team in Atlanta, but, you know, more specifically, it, the game was on the road. It's not easy, you know, to, to win the game on the road no matter where you're playing. But it was it was Josh Dobbs that found a way to win this game. And he had an incredible run on fourth down to keep the drive alive. Got a touchdown there. Minnesota's defense, you know, ended up clutching up. But this was a really fun game and, you know, great win for the Vikings. And look, who knows? Minnesota did something in, in the – they were able to, to get Dobbs. When, you know, when Cousins went injured, they were aggressive in, you know, uh, before the deadline. I think that that's what a few teams needed to do and didn't do. So I got to tip my to Minnesota. Look, they've been a frustrating team to, to kind of follow with how good they are. And, and, you know, they're coming up short year in and year out. But I got to give them props this, you know, this week. They go out there, they get the dub, they get their backup quarterback in Dobbs who played this game. And, you know, gold star goes to Joshua Dobbs who got the W for the Vikings. And, uh, you know, I'm not in probable state, but uh, tough to be thrown in with not getting much practice or any practice with the team and not expecting to to play with a completely new team. Yeah, Joshua Dobbs. This is the guy that I saw week one, week two with Arizona, but then he disappeared. I mean, Arizona, yeah. I know, disappeared as well in terms of the entire team went down the tubes for after those two first weeks. But, you know. He showed up in this game. He showed up because he's an athletic quarterback and he's a very smart quarterback as well. He read those defenses. If they were going to let, let him all those lanes to run, he was running. Seven carries, 66, seven carries for 66 yards and one TD. Just outstanding. And 20 for 30, uh, 158 yards. Not a lot of yards in the air, but two TDs. But I really have to say that Atlanta, you know, they blew this. I mean, they had this football game. I have to say that the defensive coordinator of Atlanta, his name is Ryan Nielsen. You got to stop Joshua Dobbs. You just got, you can't let this guy get all these opportunities. It was like kind of like one of those games where you're like, what are you doing Atlanta? You're going to let this one slide through your fingers. And of course it did. Taylor Heineke. I think a lot of people coming through this game were like, oh yeah, Taylor Heineke, you know, he should win this new quarterback as Atlanta's quarterback position has been brutal to say the least all year long. Mm-hmm. And uh, Heineke showed up played decent at times, but he was missing Drake London. I think London plays in this football game. Atlanta definitely takes it, but back to Joshua Dobbs, you know, which Joshua Dobbs will we see moving forward? That's the million dollar question. Cause this guy could be good, but at times he can be atrocious, but you know, he does have, Jordan Addison, he's going to get Jefferson back eventually. Could Minnesota William make the playoffs with Joshua Dobbs? Honestly, if you asked me a week ago, I would have said, no, you're you're nuts. But yes, the answer is yes, Dom. Yeah, honestly, I don't know what's going to happen when Nick Mullins comes back. It's going to be interesting to see uh, if this guy's going to have an opportunity because obviously a lower back injury, that's a pretty bad one. So He's supposed to be back next week. We'll see. I think Joshua Dobbs already been named starter for next week. So let's see how this one plays out. If he keeps on winning, he'll obviously stay the starter. But how many games will it take uh, before, you know, if he loses two in a row, maybe we'll see Nick Mullins. I know that he's a pretty decent quarterback as well as a backup. But, hey, congratulations, Joshua Dobbs. You've been proving a lot of people wrong this year. Minnesota takes it 31-28. Speaking of quarterbacks there, Dom, just to, to do a little segue, Daniel Jones, unfortunately, New York Giants, he's going to be done for the season. And, you know, after getting that big contract, and I think that this is a big, big blow to him in his career. You know, obviously it is, but just the fact that he hadn't been playing well and the New York Giants haven't been able to put up points. 
I'm I'm not you know I think when Daniel Jones comes back comes back from injury down I can see him having a very tough time you know finding a team like yes let's say you know the Giants uh, he's gonna he's stick with them but I'm not sure we're gonna see this guy starting very much you know in the NFL anymore I know it sounds crazy after just getting that big contract but. I, this almost is like a you know a, a death sentence for him here now. Just the the time he got injured, the fact that he's going to be injured for the rest of the season, uh, and just you know the way that he's been playing. Unfortunate for for Daniel Jones and the New York Giants. You called it, William. You called it from the very get go of this season that the Giants were going to have a horrible year, and rightfully so. The Giants down the tubes. Daniel Jones. We've been following William. You and I. Daniel Jones' career, and we knew from the very get-go this guy was a bust. Whatever happened last year when Brian Diebel came in, he resurrected Daniel Jones' career. They gave him a massive contract. We knew we were like, oh no, is this a mistake? And you know, the guy got hurt here, tore his ACL, but they got a huge contract stuck with him. So he's gonna be back next year, William. It's gonna be the yeah. Daniel Jones show next year with the New York Giants. Brian Dable is basically attached to the hip. With Daniel Jones. So very sad. Obviously, we don't like to see a guy getting hurt, but it's been a brutal year for the New York Giants. They're not going to escape this. They are not making the playoffs. It's very sad to say for those New York Giants. And this football game, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, they lose this football game 30 to 6. I mean, Tommy DeVito shows up for the first, what, couple possessions, throws two picks. <laughs> Settles down, though, afterwards. 15 for 20. Obviously, afterwards, the game's over. It was, what, give or take a 24 nothing at halftime. Tommy DeVito, what are you doing on this football team? You criticized him last week. He clearly didn't do anything better. But a guy that is stepping up in this roster on the other side is Aiden O'Connell with the Las Vegas yeah. Raiders getting an opportunity here, folks. 16 for 25, 209 yards. I like what the Vegas Raiders are doing. They're spreading the ball. They're getting five wide receiver sets out there. I love it. Devontae Adams able to school DBs because he's got so much room when it's like a spread formation. So look for the Raiders sitting at four and five. A lot of rookie quarterbacks. We talked about Will Levi. We talked about Aiden O'Connell. These guys have an opportunity. If they could get on a streak don't be surprised if we see a few rookie quarterbacks in the playoffs this year. Congratulations to the Raiders. They take it 30 to 6. Yeah, that was an impressive victory for them. And he has looked good. And, you know, I'm a big fan of riding the hot hands. You know, whatever happens with Garoppolo, you may want to stick with this uh, with this young kid who's shown promise. And, you know, he did beat the New York Giants, but still putting up 30 points. Uh, impressive nonetheless. And getting the victory. You know, talk about teams that could slide under the radar. Everyone's brushing this team aside. And you think it's rightfully so, but maybe they're able to, to catch a few uh, a few wins uh, with without people expecting them. We'll go to the uh, nether game that happened at 4 o'clock. The Eagles and the Cowboys, Dominic. At the end of last show, my kind of final segment was I want to see the Dallas Cowboys go out there and win this game. And, you know, prove a lot of people wrong. It'd be tough. They'd be underdogs. It'd be in a hostile crowd in Philadelphia. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get the victory. Came down to a, you know, a last-second play where um, T.D. Lamb got tackled there a few uh, yards short of the goal line. He had a great game. And it's tough because you, you, you look at this game and you watch the game you almost think that the Dallas Cowboys played better. And I know at the end of the day that, that that means nothing. And, you know, whenever you go back and forth with someone and say, yeah, but we deserve to win, like that's completely irrelevant. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because I'm almost using it as a negative towards the Cowboys because you can say that they 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 could have won this game and maybe, quote unquote, they should have won this game. But 
in games like that, you have to find ways to win this game when you're the better team. And you know what? Look, there have been calls that have gone the Philadelphia Eagles way this season, and I've seen it against Miami, and I saw it this week against the Dallas Cowboys. There were a few questionable calls that did go in favor of the Eagles. There is no doubt about that. And I think we're starting to see that a little bit more um, over the last few weeks. But if you're Dallas, man, like, oh, the division's almost out of reach right now, right? You're, you're sitting a few games back. The Eagles have the tie break. It's like Philadelphia doesn't look like they're going to be losing anytime soon right now. And mind you, Philadelphia didn't have the perfect game, but they still come out and win this game. And again, similar to Kansas City, not a pretty game, but go out there and get the victory. And that's what the Eagles did in this one. And they really extend their lead in the NFC East. It would have been really nice to see the Cowboys win this one. But it's, you know, Philadelphia, Fly Eagles Fly, spreading their wings and getting a, a very exciting 28-23 to 23 victory over their rivals. Yeah, this is a tough one for the Dallas Cowboys. Really is a tough one. I think when it comes down to it, we talked about it a few weeks ago as well. Dak Prescott, I know he wanted this football game like anybody else would have. I mean, he put his body on the line. He got destroyed on one of those hits, trying to get it into the end zone with his legs. And that's the problem, trying to get it in the end zone with his legs. Dak Prescott needs to throw the ball in the red zone. And whether or not it's picked off, so be it. But I've seen guys that have been, you know, just the, unfortunately, the guys that get like all the blame for the loss. And Dak Prescott has thrown picks in his career. And he's been, you know, kind of like grilled at press conferences and when you see them, you know, trying to revive their career and trying to get that win, like this tight football game, mm-hmm. trying to be the guy, it's like there's this extra pressure on their shoulders and they panic. So what do they do? They go and just their instincts goes towards their athletic abilities and their speed. And they're just like, I'm just going to try to get it in with my legs. But you know what, Doc? You're a good quarterback. You did it again this week. 11 receptions for C.D. Lamb, 191 yards. You know, you just got to throw it when it counts, like at the end of the game. You just, you got to throw the football. Screw running the football. I know you probably saw some lanes, but you just, you got to chuck it. You just got to chuck it. And if you get picked off, so be it. You will be probably the guy that the press conference and that all the reporters will be blaming. But that's why you're the quarterback of a franchise. If you want to win the Super Bowl, you got to make that throw. And until you do, you won't. It's that simple. Kirk Cousins is in the same bloody area with Dak Mm -hmm. Prescott. Two guys that are talented quarterbacks. But when it comes down to it, they just, they rather take the sack. They rather just, you know, they just, Ah, it's just frustrating, William. They, mm-hmm. They're good quarterbacks, but it's got, got, pressure yeah. is just too much on their shoulders, and they just don't want to execute. I think Cousins this year, I thought it was only loss at one point. I saw him just tuck the ball and kind of like get sacked, and mm-hmm. rather than like throw the ball, like chuck it in the. It's those type of plays that, for me, as a as a fan, as a reporter, it stays with me. It just demonstrates to me that these guys are not elite quarterbacks. And they'll never be able to become elite quarterbacks until they make that risk. And right now, that's Brock Prescott is not elite. And that's why they're sitting at five and three. Congratulations for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, on the other hand, you know, he's a talented quarterback. Granted, he's starting his career with two huge weapons in A.J. Brown and Donovan and Devontae Smith. His confidence is through the roof. Yeah. He will make that throw. You know, he will go for A.J. Brown because 
Look, listen, A.J. Brown's having a fantastic season, but Dak, buddy, you know, you got to throw the ball late. You didn't do it this in this game, and that's why you lost 28-23. to 23. Well, just to add on to what you're saying, you talk about Jane Hurts throwing the ball, through the ball in triple coverage to A.J. Brown of a play action, which was, you know, incredible. The ball ended up being incomplete, thankfully, for the, the Eagles, I guess you can see. But he he's a guy that trusts his receiver. And, yeah, you know, it, it's tough. Like, you're not going to win football games, you know, making making the, the safe throw there. And I thought Dak, for the most part, had a, had a pretty good game. But, yeah, it's just about getting over the hump. And, you know, you're going to be good football teams like that, but not necessarily great ones. And a tough loss there for the Cowboys. What were your thoughts about that Sunday night football game? A huge one between the Bills and the Bengals. And, you know, this one was, uh, was kind of a coin toss game. You had Buffalo trending in the wrong direction. The Bengals goes trending in the right direction and the Buffalo Bills are sitting at five and four right now Cincinnati wins this game 24 to 18 for me what few plays in this game we just have a few minutes until our, our final break but when uh, Josh Allen threw that pick uh, in the beginning of the game for me that was very surprising because he has had the history of turnovers right and, and I saw a ridiculous out of the amount of turnovers he had since entering the league and it almost looked fake the number was so high but in, in you know early in the game he threw a pick and it was like you can see that pick coming from a mile away. He threw the ball and I yelled pick and my dad was like, "Well, that was impressive." And I was like, "Well, thank you." But like, how did Allen not see that DB right there, right? And, and I don't know if he's trying too hard, he's forcing it, but there just seems something different with this Buffalo Bills team. And I want to give credit to Cincinnati Dump because they were my my Super Bowl winner to start the season. And I think that we're starting to see a little bit more why now that's the case. And they, they played well on both sides of the ball last game, but I'll, I'll give credit to Cincinnati. And I'll talk about them a little bit later, maybe after the break, but you know, Buffalo and Josh Allen, it's just surprising to see this team right now where they're headed five and four. It's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, there's only one game behind the dolphins and it, they do have that tie break. But if you would have told me the bills were five and four at this point in the season, I, I would have thought you were lying. I, I didn't think this team was necessarily going to win the super bowl. I had a feeling their window would have closed after losing last season, but there's just a, a few question marks and a few head scratching plays that this bills team and Allen specifically, is making you know throughout the course of the season so far i think there's a disagreement between uh head coach josh mcdaniels and uh josh allen i think uh those two are right now are not on the same wavelength as to how to win their football games and um sorry sean mcdermott head coach of the buffalo bills and josh allen i think between those two right now i think josh allen just wants to be free he just wants to do whatever he wants to do and that's basically how Josh Allen plays football. However, I'm sure ownership is like protect Josh Allen at all costs. Sean McDermott, make sure that he stays in the pocket. And unfortunately, Josh Allen, he kind of loses it sometimes and he throws these odd picks and he just either he's not able to read the field properly. I think that's probably sometimes uh, his problem. And as a result, when he doesn't see it, he tends to want to run with the football a lot and he's really good at it. But the other problem with the, with the Buffalo Bills right now is this, they don't have a number two wide receiver. They just don't. It's a mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs show, and that's it. They brought in Dalton Kincaid. Granted, right now, because Dawson Knox is hurt, Dalton Kincaid is being fed the football. But you know what? You need a number two wide receiver. Right now, Buffalo does not. They're going to get playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny is definitely going to help the Buffalo Bills. Let's see. If they start running the ball hard, I think you're going to see this offense open up. They were having a great running game earlier in the season. They kind of shied away from it a little bit, probably because Josh Allen, he's not been playing great football as of late, and uh, he probably just wants to have the ball in his hands and let him do whatever he wants to do in his mind. But listen, Josh, you know, you're a franchise quarterback, and at the end of the day, the franchise needs you to have longevity. And that's the reason why I think ownership is reeling him in 
which is why Sean McDermott right now is stuck in a hard place by not knowing exactly how to coach up Josh Allen. Yeah, a few troubles there. I think that, you know, touch on a lot of good points there. I'll add a little bit more. All right, before we start making our picks into week 10, Dom, I thought about you. You're a guy that talks quite a bit about Carson Wentz, and he hasn't had a team this season, but that is quickly going to change. He is now heading to the Los Angeles Rams. Not sure the news on, you know, Matt Stafford there, and they had, uh, you know, a different quarterback playing for them after he missed this weekend. So Carson Wentz playing with the Los Angeles Rams, Dom, and he's going to get another shot nfl i love this i honestly <laughs> i think he's and you know he, honestly this guy should have been on an nfl team a long time ago and the fact that he was not might have to do with his personality who knows but listen he's ending up in los angeles and has two amazing receivers in obviously cooper cup and puka nakua i think once matt stafford you know retires in probably what two years maybe max mm -hmm. i'm gonna say carson wentz will take over this franchise he's young he's tall he's big i don't see anything wrong with carson wentz other than his lack of confidence he just needs to gain back that confidence that he had at one point in the beginning of his career in philadelphia i think he can do it in los angeles Wow, I like it there, Dom. I think you're a little bit more optimistic than I am, but I will say I think there are a few quarterbacks here in the NFL that uh, you know have a, a starting job, and you know that that shouldn't. Um, and you know something I want to talk a little. We didn't end up talking uh, that much about there anything about the Jets Chargers game, and I I have no clue. You know what Robert Sala? You know, look, I I appreciate his energy, and I you know I love the story of him coming from the 49ers, but I'm starting to get annoyed with him. You know, backing you know Wilson. Wilson, he's he's a terrible quarterback, and I think sometimes we have to say it like it is and people are afraid to say it like it is. He Wilson's in the pocket there and he's looking like a deer in headlights. He just doesn't seem like a confident quarterback and he doesn't seem like he know he knows what he's doing. So I really truly feel bad for this Jets franchise and I feel bad for this Jets defense because they are one of the best in the NFL. But for, as far as I'm concerned, Zach Wilson, you know, should not take another snap for the Jets again. And I, I don't think if you gave me Zach Wilson and $10 million on top to add to my franchise, I would take him because I really don't think he's a good quarterback. And anyways, that's besides the point. I just want to throw that in there. Salah, I think, you know, time to cut the cord with Wilson. I'm done. What, what, what would you be your quick thoughts to that, Dom? <laughs> you know, I I agree with you 100%, William. Nice. You're going to have to write the ship with him, unfortunately, all the way through to the end of the season. you got no choice. I think Aaron Rodgers, the early reports, is that he's healing, and he's healing fast. So something tells me, I don't know how, obviously through their defense, coaching is going to have to protect Zach Wilson to be close in these football games. The defense need to keep it close. I think, believe it or not, they might finish the season 500. And maybe if they're lucky, that could give them a playoff spot. Yeah, maybe. I think just they got to, you know, carry out those wins until Rodgers comes back if and when he does. Anyways, you're uh, a little bit more optimistic than I am. But Wilson, let's jump into the games this week. Week 10, uh, we got to the, actually, before we go to that, we're going to the, the game in Germany. We got the game tonight, the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears. In Chicago, we got Chicago favored by three and a half. I'm going to go with Carolina here. Give me Carolina to pick up their second win of the season. Uh, I haven't been impressed with either team this year. Obviously, Justin Fields hasn't been healthy. And even when he has played, he hasn't looked all that good. But I'm going to go with the Panthers here. I got a feeling 2017 low scoring game and they pick up their second victory of the season. Hey, to start off, William, I got to say, your picks have been on fire this hey. year. I'm going to try to match your picks. <laughs> last, 
Last week was brutal for me. Somehow I won my four-game parlay. But boy, did I ever leave a lot of landmines for our listeners. I'm going to change it up this week. I'm starting off with Chicago to take this football game. 2017, I think in Chicago, Chicago needs to have this. They will take it 2017. All right, next up, appreciate the shout-out there, Dominic. Next up, we got the game in Germany, 9.30 a.m., Indianapolis Colts at the New England Patriots. Colts favored by one and a half. Colts favored by one and a half. I like Indy in this football game. Yeah. Give me Indy 27-20. I like what they did last week. I think it carries over. New England, I mean, Bilicek, I mean, oh, God, that was just brutal against Washington. Yeah. I won't even bother talking about Bilicek, but I've talked about him long enough. All this to say that he should just hang him up. I'm tired to see his face. I want to see some fresh blood in New England. But for this football game, Indy takes it 27 to 20. Pretty crazy to think that this team is struggling to score points after, you know, the franchise they had for so many years. I'm going to go with Indy as well. I'm going to go 24-20 in this one. Indianapolis is due for a victory, and, you know, so is uh, Gardner Minshew. He deserves one. He's going to get it here in Germany. Next up, Green Bay Packers at your Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh favored by three. This is a rematch of the Super Bowl from a while back there when Green Bay got the W. I think Pittsburgh gets the win here. I'm going to say by one. So they win, but don't cover... Final score, 21-20 Steelers in a close, low-scoring back-and-forth game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a turnover fest, and whoever gets more turnovers wins this football game. Also, a field goal fest. Give me Pittsburgh, 16-13. to Alrighty, next up, we got the Tennessee Titans at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa favored by one and a half. You know... This is a tough football game to predict. I think both teams absolutely need this football game. I've been picking Tennessee a lot as of late. I'm not going to stop. I'm taking Tennessee in this football game, 20-17. to 17. I think Will Levi has a good game, and Tennessee takes it 2017. This is a tough one to pick. It's kind of one of those coin tosses. I just think that after the the week last week, Baker Mayfield is going to, you know, want to come out there firing on all cylinders like he did. They didn't get the victory. They should have got the victory in that game. He's going to take that personally. He's going to come out. He's going to throw some darts on the football field. Tampa wins 30 to 17. Next up, San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars. This should be a goodie. We got San Fran favored by three. Oof. Good game. I'm going to go with San Fran. You know, I think they're due. They've lost three straight games. They're coming off their bye. Not sure what the, the word is on Debo Samuel. No matter who plays in this game, San Fran is too good to lose four straight games. They find a way to get a victory, potentially the game of the week. 27-24 San Fran. This could definitely be a statement game for Jacksonville. Beating San Francisco would go a long way. But I agree with you. I don't think they do. I think San Francisco has to have it. Give me San Francisco 28 to 24. All right. Next up, we got the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. We got a divisional matchup. Ravens favored by six at home. You know what? I'm calling an upset here. Oh. I love the Browns this Yeah, I honestly love the Browns this year. The, that defense, as good as Pittsburgh's defense is, the Browns are just as good. And some people think even better. So I'm going with the Browns in an ugly football game, 17-16. I mean, similarly to the Steelers, it's pretty impressive. They're sitting at five and three with all their quarterback, you know, uh, injuries there. And, you know, whose guys have been filling in. And, you know, the fact they lost Nick Chubb. So impressive to be five and three. I don't see it, Dom. I got Baltimore rolling in this one, them improving to eight and two. And they want to show they're the favorites in the AFC. They win this game 31 to 20. Next up, Houston Texans at the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals favored by six and a half. Both teams coming off a victory. 
Give me an overtime game. This is my one overtime game of the week. 24 to 20. McPherson kicks a game-winning field goal to seal it for the Bengals. Bengals win 27-24 to improve to six and three. Wouldn't it be nice to see CJ Stroud beat Joe Burrow? Oof. I want to do it, but I can't. I think Joe Burrow <laughs> is on fire right now. Give me Cincinnati 28 to 17. All right, next up, we got New Orleans at Minnesota. Both teams at five and four. Saints favored by two and a half. Oh, God, this team, William. Every week, the Saints, so confusing. But you know what? I'm taking them this week. The Saints will take it 20 to 13 over the Minnesota Vikings. Not quite a tight game. Give me Josh Dobbs. Give me the Vikings. Josh Dobbs plays in this game. I think he plays well. Uh, you know, uh, Derek Carr in the last game, they were able to beat. Saints just beat the uh, Chicago Bears 24-17 to in that game. I don't think they get as lucky in this one. Minnesota wins. I'm going to go final score 19-17 to Vikings. Next up, Detroit Lions at the LA Chargers. We got the, the Detroit Lions favorite on the road by one and a half. Now, this is a tough one to call. Detroit's been playing some very good football, but the Chargers slowly but surely turning the corner. I'm going to call the Chargers here, William. Give me the Chargers, 32-30. to 30. You know what, Dom? I was close in picking the Chargers, but too many times this year and over the course of my you know career doing, doing our show, I bought into the Chargers hype. And look, there's not all that much hype right now. They beat the New York Jets, not convincingly. Give me Detroit. They're 6-2. and two. They're coming off a bye. They are the better team. They're going to make a statement in this game, win the game on the road. I'm going to go 27-22 to 22 final score for the Lions. Next up, Atlanta Falcons at the Arizona Cardinals. we got Atlanta favored by one and a half in this one in Arizona. Yeah, Kyler Murray expected to make his debut. Yep. This is a big game for Kyler. You know, he wants to get his confidence going right away. But I just think Atlanta, you know, last week they should have had it. They're going to get this one, Atlanta. Give me Atlanta, 28 to 27. I'm with you. Give me the Falcons in this one, 23 to 17. It should be nice to see uh, Kyler Murray back on the football field. You know, uh, we know he's in, uh, itching to get back out there, and it hasn't been the same without him. But, yeah, I think the Falcons spoil his return, and they end up winning this game by six. Next up, Washington Commanders at the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle favored by six. Give me Washington in the upset here. They go out, they beat New England uh, in New England in a you know a low scoring game, twenty to seventeen. We didn't talk too much about that game. Seattle did not look good, and I think the trend continues. I think Washington goes in there, they pull off the upset, and they win in Seattle, 23-22 Final score, Commanders. Oh, I love love the pick. You know, I've seen Sam Howell progress under the enemy's offense. It's really nice to see. He's got a lot of confidence right now with the Washington Commanders. But, you know, in Seattle, Pete Carroll just got blasted. I have a tough time not taking Pete Carroll. So I'm going to take an overtime game, the game of the week. Seattle oh, takes it 36 to 30. All right. Next up, 425, we got the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. Lord of mercy, we got the Cowboys favored by 16 and a half. I don't know if I've ever seen a spread that large. You know what? Give me the Cowboys to cover in this one. I see nothing out of the Giants that I've liked this season. You know, I, I don't think there's much to say about the Giants. I feel bad for Saquon. You know, he's a great football player. He's on a bad team. The Giants are, you know, in a very bad spot right now. And I think the trend continues. I'm going to go 33-7 to final score Cowboys win. <laughs> That's a big spread. Tommy DeVito, baby. Tommy DeVito, can he do it? How many touchdowns, Tommy? 
Well, you know what? They will cover the spread. I think Saquon Barkley is able to turn the clock enough. I don't think it's 16 and a half. That's a tough spread. Give me Dallas to take it 28 to 13. All right, Sunday night football. We got the four and four New York Jets at the four and five Las Vegas Raiders. Jets favored by two and a half. Ooh, this is going to be an overtime game. You know what? You talked about Wilson being terrible, but you know what? Against another rookie QB, somehow I think the Jets squeak this victory in overtime. Give me the Jets 27 24. The Jets Stevens has been playing very well this season and they are very good defense. And ultimately, I just think that no matter who quarterbacks this game for the Raiders, they are still going to be able to put enough points uh, because the quarterback playing them will be Zach Wilson. I, I'm done with Wilson. Look, and, you know, maybe this pick is a bit of a more of a, you know, a gut pick and a hard pick for me. I just don't think Zach Wilson uh, should be taking QB1 reps anymore for the New York Jets. And I think that, unfortunately, he's, he's wasting what could have been a good season for those Jets. Give me the Raiders to win this game. I'm going to go final score 23-14, to 14, Las Vegas. Last but not least, Monday Night Football, we got the Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. Could be a trap game here. We got the Bills favored by seven and a half. Yeah, this was the toughest game for me to call this week. I went back and forth on it. At the end of the day, I'm going with the Bills at home in a tight one, 28 to 20. Oof, I'm going to go 27-24, Dom Buffalo, so even tighter than you. Uh, man, if, if Buffalo loses this game, they're sitting at 5-5. Five and five. They just lost the Denver Broncos. You're going to hear a lot more talk than you're already hearing about the Buffalo Bills. You're hearing talk right now, but you best believe if they lose this game, there's going to be a lot more panic in Buffalo. All right, we got just under two minutes to go in the show, Dom. What are you looking forward to the most in Week 10? Well, we just talked about it. This football game, the Denver Broncos coming off a bye week with Sean Payton. What is he going to be able to put together? They're sitting at three and five. Russell Wilson, you know, big name, going to be prime time Monday night. Can he do it? Because if he does, does Denver turn the corner? We talked about Denver being this like kind of like 50-50 team. But Sean Payton, you know, now you're right where you want to be, you know, halfway through the season, going to be in front of, Everybody, what can you put together? You have a, an extra week to plan ahead to set up this Buffalo team. I think you're going to be in this football game, but Josh Allen absolutely needs to have this football game. That's what I'm going to be looking at is Josh Allen taking over at one point. But Sean Payton, don't be surprised if he puts a game plan together to upset the Buffalo Bills. Oof, that'd be exciting, and I would definitely be most happy if the Denver Broncos can pull off the upset there. I got my eye on the 49ers and the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Jacksonville, 6-2. and two. Are they the real deal, right? They're one of the best teams, right, in terms of record right now in the AFC and even in the NFL. The 49ers have lost three straight games. Are they going to lose four straight games? This is a statement game for both teams. I think San Francisco, you know, you're at, you're at a roller coaster of a season and you're heading down, downhill. You want to stop it and head right back uphill right now because before it's too late, you don't want to fall out of this division. And I think for Jacksonville, they want to show the real deal. And for Trevor Lawrence, if he's able to put up numbers against this defense and against the 49ers, that'll be a huge Huge statement for them and the Jaguars. And they'll be sitting at 7-2. and two. We knew they were going to be good this year, but 7-2 and two would still be a little bit more impressive than I thought they would be. So a big chance for both teams to make a statement in that one. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. Without you guys, there is no show, as I like to say, every week. So thank you very much for that. We'll be back next week, same place, same time. You were listening to CJLO, 69 a.m. in Montreal.